drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Monday, June 19th, 2023, the Feast of St. Ephraim the Syrian. He was born in Nisbis, Mesopotamia. He became a disciple of St. James, a bishop of Nisbis, and probably accompanied him to the Council of Nicaea in 325. The deliverance of Nisbis from the Persians is attributed to his prayers. He retired to a cave near Edessa, when not to be confused with Odessa, Texas, where he did most of his writings. He visited St. Basil of Caesarea in 370, and Ephraim wrote many works on dogmatic and ascetical themes. He also strongly combated the Arians and Gnostics in numerous works. He was one of the greatest pioneers of Mariology and was known for his defense of the Immaculate Conception. As a missionary, he wanted to make the truths he taught as amenable as possible to the people. For this reason, he composed poems and songs for them to sing. In those cities, the villages of 4th century Mesopotamia, adults and children learned Catholic doctrine by means of the songs of St. Ephraim. They would sing his songs during their work in the fields at day with their family at night, and during their celebrations and feasts and so on, St. Ephraim had the genial good spirit to inaugurate this type of apostolate that answered the legitimate need of the people for songs to glorify Our Lady. The apostolate of song that St. Ephraim made reminds me of how songs were often made in the past to accompany major episodes in Catholic life. For instance, the uh, epopee of the Crusades had many songs that Catholic knights would sing either on march to battle or in the battle itself that prepared them to die for our Lord Jesus Christ. And in fact, it is very beautiful to consider that the warriors prepared to give his life for Christ. It is a beauty of heroism, the beauty of the war for our Lord. Contemplating this, we admire those who are ready to pay God the tribute of their lives. Even if his death achieved no practical goal, the Catholic knight offers it for the sole reason of paying perfect tribute to God. God created that Catholic knight, and he offers himself to God as a precious perfume that emanates from its bottle in order to glorify him. It is the beauty of the Holocaust. The Holy Ghost, who inspired St. Ephraim to compose songs in order to teach people good Catholic doctrine, will perhaps also inspire others to compose to write songs to prepare Catholics to fight and act for the glory of God. So let us pray to St. Ephraim on his feast day and ask him to give us an understanding of the Catholic Church and all her beauty and poetry, so that even if we are not able to compose songs and hymns for the glory of God and Our Lady as he did, we can admire them and elevate our souls. St. Ephraim the Syrian, pray for us. And I love St. Ephraim, this whole concept of him writing songs to teach the faith. This is one of the reasons why I love going to the, uh, the TFP's uh, YouTube channel, TFP South, because they have a bunch of songs that the TFP wrote or have translated or have brought back from old Catholic songs. And they're very encouraging they kind of encourage you in the faith. 
And I, I love listening to them. I listen to them all the time. So that's just something I do. But happy Monday to you. I hope you're having a blessed Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. Mine was very busy. I'll tell you about it later. Uh, but joining us right now is Tito Edwards. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Adrian. Yes, I had a busy weekend, but not as busy as yours. But yeah, St. Ephraim, another Persian saint, or at least uh, involved in that area, and how he would teach the little children songs uh, with Catholic doctrine in it. That is beautiful. Yeah, very amazing. So what you do this weekend? Wow. So I was surprised when I did, I attended uh, Holy Rosary for uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus, and we did a procession around the church. That was awesome and unexpected. And then, of course, the next day, the Immaculate Heart of Mary and Father's Day yesterday. So it was, uh, in addition to all the little things, mostly errands on Saturday, very busy, very fun, uh, very edifying. It was a beautiful weekend, and uh, I can't wait to hear your report from L.A. because I got some more news on top of that. Very good, very good. So we'll chat about that at 15 past the hour. Yes. I w- we went to the uh, L.A. Dodgers protest, and I'll tell you about that situation at 15 past the hour. Plus, if we have time, which we'll see, we'll see. I want to bring up um, Scientology because I encountered that while I was in California, and so I'll bring up that story at 15 past the hour. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe it might be saved for the after show, so we'll see how that goes. At 30 past the hour, AI church services, that's very concerning. AMC Theater also canceled a detransitioner film. Hmm, well, maybe we should start uh, encouraging people to watch this film if AMC is going to cancel it. Also, uh, sticking to that theme... A teen girl is suing California Hospital for removing her breast when she was 13 years old. So we'll be talking about that at 30 past the hour. In the next hour, I have a really cool feel-good story about the Guadalupe Radio Network that I really want to share with you. I think you will find it very edifying. Plus, we have our Fear and Trembling game show. We are back. Uh, the share ended yesterday, or I guess uh, Friday Though I think we are still have our website up for you to uh, donate to the Guadalupe Radio Network if you would be so inclined. And so um, I think that's still up right now. Let me check that while we're here. Yes. So if you would like to still donate to the Guadalupe Radio Network for our summer share uh, we are not doing our share taking calls anymore. But we have we are leaving up the website today. So we, the website goes down today. So get in. Today, if you would, we'd be very grateful for anyone who can do some last-minute donations. And it was a very uh, difficult share this year, so if you could help us out, we'd be very grateful. So let's jump into the, the day. Let's start with prayer, as is our custom. We'll pray for your intentions. Whatever you have going on in your life, we're praying for that. Whatever you need to accomplish this week, we're praying for that. And whatever bad things or whatever horrible things or difficult or anxieties that you had over the weekend, we're praying for that as well. We also, of course, during the month of June, pray for the the virtue of humility against the vice of pride and for the smashing of the LGBT heresy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. My loving Jesus, out of the grateful love I bear thee, and as a reparation for all my unfaithfulness, I give thee my heart, and I consecrate myself wholly to thee. And with thy aid, I propose never to sin again. Heart of Jesus, burning with love for us, inflame our hearts with love of thee. Oremus Lord, we beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit kindle in our hearts that fire of charity, which our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, sent forth from his innermost heart upon this earth, and will that it should burn with vehemence, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Monday, May 19th, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. LifeSite News is reporting the massive rally in Los Angeles against the Dodgers' honoring of anti-Catholic drag, quote, nuns, end quote, drew several thousand people and dwarfed the turnout for the Drag Queens Award Ceremony and what protest organizers are celebrating as a huge success. Thousands upon thousands of participants showed up for the rally outside Dodger Stadium on Friday, according to Catholics for Catholics, a Phoenix-based group that organized the event. Catholic News Agency and Achi Prenza are reporting the same church where Father Javier Contreras was stabbed in 2020. St. Jose Maria Escriva Parish in the town of Alcocorazon, Spain, was vandalized and robbed during the night of June 15th through the 16th. Catholic News Agency is reporting Pope Francis appeared in the window of the Vatican's Apostolic Palace on Sunday to make his first public speech since his release from the hospital on Friday. The 86-year-old Pope waved and smiled on June 18th as he gave thanks for the prayers and messages that he received during his nine-day stay in the hospital. And finally, Vatican News is reporting Russian President Putin confirmed that Moscow, Moscow had deployed the first batch of a Russian tactical nuclear weapons in neighboring Belarus. Speaking at St. Petersburg's International Economic Forum, he warned that more atomic weapons would arrive soon. How sad. This, is, this was Catholic News Break, and I'm Tito Edwards, signing off. The Gospel of the Day comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you not to resist evil, but if one strike thee on thy right cheek, turn to him also the other. And if a man will contend with thee in judgment and take away thy coat, let go thy cloak also unto him. And whosoever will force thee one mile, go with him another two. Give to him that asketh of thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Cornelius Salapide had a lot to say about this passage here, and I actually want to revisit this during the after show because there's just there was a lot here that I really thought was worthy of note. So in the after show, I'm going to read to you some more of what Cornelius Salapide had to say about the gospel today. But here's just a little bit of a, a taster, a taster. He says here that Christ wishes to imprint upon us a disposition to meekness and patience. That however much thou mayest be injured, yet still that thou shouldst not depart so much as a hair's breadth from inward peace and charity. And that if love of your neighbor and the glory of God in any conjecture of circumstance should absolutely require that you resist not evil, but patiently accept it, that you should do so in such a case, do as the first Christians did suffer, joyfully the spoiling of your goods, or even the deprivation of life itself. I say then with regard to these three cases spoken of by Christ, if anyone smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone will take away thy cloak, well, let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. That they are speaking generally matters of counsel, not of direct precept. 
But if the salvation of our neighbor and the glory of God requires them to be done, then they are a precept. For instance, if the Indians or the Japanese knew that Christ has commanded Christians to turn the other cheek to him, who smote them upon one cheek, and unless they did so, those heathens would be scandalized and turned away from embracing the faith of Christ, then I say that it would be the bounded duty of any Christian, but especially of a preacher, to turn, to turn the other cheek to him who smote him upon one. There is a literal example of this in the life of St. Francis Xavier, the apostle of India and Japan. When the Japanese were laughing at him as a foreigner and at his new doctrine concerning Christ crucified, it happened that a serpent, certain Japanese, hearing John Fernandez, a companion of Xavier, preaching in the street, out of pestilence, spat in his face. Fernandez, in no way disturbed, quietly wiped away the spittle and proceeded with his discourse. The Japanese were so filled with admiration at his patience and struck with the wisdom of the new preachers that they gave themselves to them as disciples and in great numbers embraced the faith of Christ. Lastly, it is a distinguishing characteristic of a martyr not to resist, not to defend himself, but to suffer himself to be slain for Christ. For a soldier fights not a martyr. A martyr is a sharer in the passion of Christ. As the martyr writes as St. Cyprian, for the passion of Christ is the pattern of all martyrdom. Now he goes on and explains this in much more in depth and giving several stories in regards to this kind of situation. But the thing to note, one thing to keep in mind, is that what he says here towards the beginning, that these are counsels and not precepts unless it is for the good of souls. So you're not required in every circumstance to allow yourself to be, some people will try to say, oh, this is the, the church saying you have to be a doormat and have to be walked over. This certainly is not the case because our Lord tells the apostles, if you don't have a sword, go sell your cloak and buy a sword. So there's an idea of legitimate self-defense. But this is in regards to the faith. In regards to the faith, we should turn the other cheek. Now, here's another distinction that has to be made. The distinction of St. Louis IX, who said, I forgive anything against myself, but if it's an offense against Almighty God, that I cannot tolerate. And so all the virtues have to be balanced together. You have to see the whole picture. So just as we, can, we should not be angry in some circumstances, we must be angry in others. So we have to keep all things in mind. We'll be right back with more after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? 
G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be here with you today. You know... It was a really interesting weekend for me. I flew out to L.A., flew into LAX, and I got to say, LAX, not fun, not a big fan. Uh, the other airports are much, much nicer, uh, at least not maybe not nicer, but m- more calm, more calm. LAX is very nice, but it's just absolutely chaotic, worst place ever to try to get picked up or anything, uh, disaster. But... The I went to L.A. to go to the protest that was being led by the Bishop of Tyler, Texas, and the Bishop Strickland. And when we were there, it was really interesting. It was very interesting to me because there was actually a lot of people from out of state that flew in and various other places. And it was really a, a large turnout of Texans, actually. Uh, I was very happy to hear that. There was at least about like eight Houstonians specifically that I ran into. Wow. Uh, maybe more. And according to LifeSite News, there was 5,000 people in attendance, which kind of surprised me because I thought it was closer to like maybe 2,500. Um, but it was really hard to see how many people were there because it was just a lot of people, a, just a ridiculous amount of people. So it was a huge blessing to see so many people show up against these drag nuns, these quote-unquote transvestites of perpetual indulgence. A very disgusting thing and to see how many people, especially in L.A., were against this ideology. I was very, very impressed by that. But there was some things that were a little peculiar to me. Like, for instance, the, the march happened before they opened up the gates for the Dodger Stadium. So that means nobody actually got to see the march happen which was the kind of the point of a public demonstration is for the public to see it. And so they had it scheduled where in such a way that the gates to LA Dodgers were closed until the people went back to the parking lot where they started. And then on top of that, on top of that, very concerning, they were like shepherding everybody back to the parking lot and i was thinking to myself well shouldn't we be out there at the gate where people can see isn't that the point of being out here that was very concerning so i want to talk a little bit more about that but i want to start with some let's start with some good news though uh, bishop strickland gave a really great speech it was a very short about nine ten minute speech i know everything was recorded so hopefully all the speeches will come up eventually uh, jack posobic was also there and he gave a great speech as well and i highly recommend i mean if i can find if they the rest of these speeches come up online i will make sure to share them with our uh, cdt team 
So if you're on our private Telegram chat, I was sharing pictures with y'all. But the if you're on a private Telegram chat or on our email list, I make sure that y'all get those videos because I thought they were great speeches. And Jack Posobiec particularly was very fiery, a very good speech. Uh, but let's let's I would allow you to listen to uh, just a little clip, a little taster of what Bishop Strickland had to say. Can you play that for me? Jesus more deeply. Brothers and sisters, I credit the Blessed Virgin Mary for giving me the strength to know her son more deeply. And I credit Jesus Christ for being here now. It would have been easy for me to turn down the invitation and say, no, I'm busy. I need to be busy in East Texas where I'm bishop. But we need to speak to the world the message of Jesus Christ and not... We can't allow it to be shouted down by anyone. And remember, always remember, even those shouting hatred toward us are beloved of God. And what does Jesus model? Even as he dies on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. That has to be our spirit and our prayer. So thank you for being here for this beautiful sunny afternoon. Let us pray. Let us pray for the world. Let us pray for this nation. Let us pray for our church. Let us pray for this city. Let us pray for the state of California, for all of our 50 states. We need to return to truth, and Jesus Christ is truth incarnate. God bless you. Yes, that was a wonderful from Bishop Strickland, especially since at the very, very beginning, before anything began, he actually did the uh, a exorcism and a prayer of perimeter prayer around the people for protection, for spiritual protection. Nice. And I thought that was really amazing because so many priests and bishops would never do something like that because they would be afraid of seeming weird because, oh, you believe in angels and demons, you're going to do the things. And it was very encouraging to see a bishop lead that. And in many cases, bishops will pawn that off to someone else. They'll get a, another priest to do it because they don't want to be the ones to do those things that are seemingly weird. And I really respect Bishop Strickland for that. And two things of note that I thought when he was speaking was one, how he talked about the Blessed Virgin helping him. He said, the Blessed Virgin helped him to be the way he is. And it's really a very true statement. I actually had the privilege a few years ago of transporting Bishop Strickland around Houston when he was giving a speech for Fullness of Truth. and Or maybe it was the JP2 Institute, actually. Um, and they, when I was transporting him, the, we were chatting, and he was telling me how when he became a bishop, he really he realized that he didn't know the faith as he should know it. And he started to learn afterwards, and he attributes so much of it to the Blessed Virgin. And I think that's very beautiful. Uh, the second thing of note is he said, I could have said I'm busy. And who would have blamed him? Yeah. Who would have blamed a bishop from Tyler, Texas, someone from across, like, pff, what, a day's drive, a 24-hour drive from California? Who would have blamed a bishop to say, hey, I, this is not your deal. It's not your diocese. It's not your problem. And he could have, could have said, I'm sorry, I'm busy. And it would have been no big deal. And he probably was busy. I'm sure Strickland has a dozen things that he's doing all the time. Tons of requests, tons of asks. 
And yet, he went. And I think about that for so many Catholics, so many Catholics who cannot sacrifice an evening, a couple hours to stand up for Christ the King. For example, this Tuesday, there's going to be a protest outside of the Astro Stadium in Houston. How many Catholics are not going to show up? How many Catholics are too busy? How many Catholics cannot set aside a couple hours? And I know many people will say, oh, I have kids, I have a wife, I have things to take care of at home. Well, I know a ton of fathers who go, who go to these things. And you might say, oh, Adrian, you don't know, you're not a father. Well, that's true. That's true. But I know tons of fathers who do go. And you just have to make that sacrifice and say, you know, okay, I'm going to have to deal with whatever I have to deal with at home early. Maybe I have to leave work an hour early so I can take care of things at home. Maybe I have to bring my family with me. Whatever it is you have to do, are you too busy to stand up for Christ the King? Yeah, that, that, that starts at 6 and ends at 7, so it's only an hour. It's not like you're spending the entire evening there or, or afternoon for the, the prayer protest here in Houston. But uh, that was amazing, that, that what I saw on Twitter, the crowd out there. Now, can you, do you know which, which groups were out there also in force? I, I think, I know Catholics for Catholics was there. Yes, uh, America Needs Fatima. America I was, Needs so Fatima. So I was there with America Needs Fatima. I helped carry the standard with them. Uh, let's see, we had the LifeSite News had a huge contingent. John Henry Weston spoke. Uh, Church Militant was there. Um, wow. Let's see. There was a couple other groups. Jack Posobiec was there, but he didn't represent a group. Um, you mentioned Catholics for Catholics. There were a couple Spanish groups that came out, uh, two that spoke. Um, yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot of groups that were there. Just a, a ridiculous amount. It was it was wonderful. Praise be to God. It was uh, very, very good to see. But, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Maybe you can't fly out to California. Now, that is a big sacrifice. I understand. Like that's It costs a lot of money. It, uh, you have to get a plane ticket. You have to get housing. You have to uh, set off time to get off of that. So I understand most people can't do that. That I understand. But what about locally? Is there a local protest that you can participate in? A rosary protest? Not some of these uh, crazy protests. Like these political protests, I don't understand. They just walk around and they yell. It doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Uh, but a rosary rally, these are good. These are good. And when you're there doing these rosary rallies, it actually causes good even things that you cannot see because the spiritual world is running and this is something that's beautiful so if there's not one well maybe this is the sign you're looking for maybe this is the sign that god is calling you to say i am going to make that sacrifice and i'm going to organize a rosary rally i'm going to be the one i'm not going to wait for someone else to be that person i will be that person now, if you've never organized a rosary rally before, it's not too difficult. It's very easy. You just get a group of people and head out to where you're going, and you pray the rosary outside of it. That's a very simple way to do it. Now, if you want to make it more official, there's definitely things that you can do. You can feel free to contact me. I'll be happy to help you organize it. Or I can connect you with people who do. America Needs Fatima has a setup, have they, have, they have a whole system where they're like, okay, well, we'll send you a banner, we'll send you everything you need, and you can have a resurrected rally that way. And you're welcome to do so that way. Yeah, the, those protest rallies that we do as Catholics, they're different from those political protests where you f see people yelling and screaming. 
where they're just praying, maybe even singing songs. And the songs that we sing are, are edifying. They're beautiful. They're soothing. So uh, it's, it's not going to be, it's going to be in your face if, if people don't want to hear other people praying the rosary. But how many, how many times have you come across somebody praying that you dislike? I know I've come, come across a lot of political protests that were really rude and loud and obnoxious. So uh, this is something, uh, it's a spiritual work of mercy too. So this is something that uh, you should participate in if you have the time. And you'll be surprised by how many people will come to your aid and help you in distributing uh, that information. All right. So we're just about out of time. And so I won't be able to get into the whole Scientology thing. Um, I wanted to talk about that. There's also much more to be said about the L.A. Dodgers. So if you want to join us in the after show, uh, that would be great. I'd love to talk to you about it. The, at 30 past the next hour, uh, we'll be going into our after show where we stream just on our live streams and we get off the radio side. And during that time, I want to bring up the Scientology Museum I went to and my experience there. I also want to talk to you a little bit more about the L.A. Dodgers situation because there were some interesting situations. Uh, people were a little, a little strange. And there were definitely some people showing up that were, um, <laughs> that were dressed very uh, poorly, we'll say. And there is definitely some great things as well. A lot of uh, turnout from the Mexican community. That was really nice to see uh, so many people, the Hispanics out there praying. And also encountered a bunch of people who uh, recognized me, actually. They were like, oh, Adrian, I saw you. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So praise be to God that people in, uh, in California are, are tuning in. Uh, so praise be to God for that. Shout out to all the uh, Californians out there. We, uh, we love California. We want California to be Catholic again. Make California Catholic again is what I say. So when we come back, there are a number of other stories that I want to get into. For instance, did you hear about the church service that was created by an AI? Well, that's going to be our dystopian future coming up in a neighborhood near you. Plus, AMC Theater's cancels a detransitioner's film very interesting because they don't want you to know that people are not happy transing themselves we'll be back with more hello this is steve gleason with your one minute tool for catholic evangelism here's the question should pastors and churches place expectations and obligations on the congregation your average non-catholic evangelical would say no maybe even no way it might be said we do not need written order discipline or expectations those should derive from personal desire and from the holy spirit not from a church or each christian's conscience should be sufficient for correction and discipline or the holy spirit will personally lead each believer as to what church or to attend and certainly how often they should go so here's your three best friends tools for Catholic evangelism. Natural law says human society cannot be well-ordered nor prosperous unless it has legitimate authority to preserve its own institutions, the Bible. Secondly, the Bible, which says in multiple places such as Hebrews 13, 17, obey them that have the rule over you. And thirdly, the Catholic Church says when we are properly ordered, we will be capable of resisting conformity to the contemporary demands of unhealthy individualism. So obligations, much obliged. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Monday, May 19th, 
2023, and these are your headlines for this morning. LifeNews.com is reporting last week pro-life advocates dedicated a memorial to the 110 aborted babies they recovered from a medical waste box last year. As Life News reported previously, pro-life advocates obtained 115 aborted babies from a driver for a medical waste company in late March with the intention of giving the unborn children a dignified funeral and burial. Five of those babies that appear to be of late-term gestation are now in the possession of the Washington, D.C. Metro Police, which has refused to investigate further to determine if they were killed illegally. Catholic News Agency is reporting, quote, record-breaking attendance at end quote, is expected for the upcoming annual pilgrimage to England's famous shrine of Our Lady of Walsingham, according to the Latin Mass Society of England and Wales, which is organizing the event. Known as England's Nazareth, the popular shrine is located on the north coast of East Anglia and was established around 1061. Inspired by the famous walking pilgrimage from Paris to Chartres Pilgrim, Chartres Pilgrims will meet in Ely, East Cambridgeshire, on Thursday, August 24th, and walk roughly 59 miles to Walsingham, where their journey will conclude with Mass in Walsingham's Chapel of Reconciliation, followed by devotions on Sunday, August 27th. During the course of the pilgrimage, there will be singing, praying of the rosary, daily sung Mass, and confession on the road. Catholic World News and Catholic News Agency are reporting, despite protests from, from some local Catholics, a Pride Mass, so-called, was celebrated on June 14 at Holy Trinity Church in Georgetown neighborhood of Washington, D.C. President Joe Biden and former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi are among the Catholics who sometime attend the Mass at the Jesuit-administered parish. And finally, 1440 is reporting at least 37 students were killed and many others injured after an Islamic State-affiliated extremist group attacked a boarding school in western Uganda over the weekend. Four non-students were also killed and six more pupils were abducted as the assailants fled across the nearby border into the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Officials said students were killed with machetes while others died after their dormitories they took refuge in were set on fire. A group known as the Allied Democratic Forces claimed responsibility. I am Tito Edwards and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Thank you very much, Tito, for keeping us up to date. You know, I just remember before uh, we move on, there was uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, What, which was, well, two more things. One thing was the news coverage. There was tons of news. Fox had their helicopter out there. Um, the ABC had people there. A bunch of the Spanish stations were out there. Uh, tons of independent reporters were out there. I was very impressed with the amount of media coverage that the L.A. Dodgers protests received. I'm curious to know how it'll be portrayed. That'll be the question. Um, though they went up to uh, the TFP when we were we we uh-huh. so we stayed behind, and once everybody went back to the parking lot, we stayed at the stadium and continued to, to pray, and we were singing songs. And they actually went up to uh, Mr. John Paul and Mr. Gossick, and they are like, "Oh, can we record y'all playing the the bagpipes?" And oh. so they um, <laughs> they had the they did a, a short recording of them playing bagpipes. I, want, so, I wanted to add to that that I, uh, the, pro, the the rosary rally also delayed people from purchasing tickets because there were so many at the gate for the first part of the first few minutes of the game uh, of the uh, when they opened the ticket registers, and this that game that the Dodgers played against the San Francisco uh, Giants 
They lost 15-0. 15-0. The biggest loss in 125 years. I wonder if somebody up there is trying to make a statement. Hmm. Very interesting. Yes, very interesting. And the other thing I wanted to bring up in regards to this was uh, the next morning. So the next morning, uh-huh. I uh, went to go eat breakfast at some random place uh, that was nearby, a local local diner. And I was uh, eating a waffle, which is not really relevant to the story. <laughs> uh, but it was uh, the L.A. Dodgers protest was on the uh, was on the news. And so I was looking at it and I made a comment about it out loud. And the waitress goes, oh, what's that? And I was explaining to her what happened. And she just had the most disgusted look on her face. She's like, oh, that's horrible. And Good. I'm like, yes, absolutely. It's it's very it's a blasphemy against God. It's really bad. And she was like, yeah, that's that's bad. And she and she walks away. And I thought it was interesting because your average Californian, because this is a representation of your average Californian, someone, a lady working at a local diner, um, not a activist by any means. And she one, she didn't even know it was happening. Mm-hmm. And two, she was disgusted when she found out what it was. What does that tell you? That tells you. That the average person doesn't support these things, that's, even in California. That's why you, you should talk to your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues. No, nobody watches all the news all the time, and the news is so diffused. There's so many sources to get your news that people are going to miss a large chunks of whatever is relevant or important out there. So what you were doing, I do that often whenever they have TV. I don't like TVs in restaurants, yeah, except, except when I'm going to watch sports. But uh, they're so distracting. I always like to make a, uh, make a comment like what you did, just a little bit loud enough that people can hear to know where I stand. And I usually do, do that sometimes uh, around other conversations uh, so they know that w- where I stand in that could be the obnoxious side of me that's that I'm trying to remove. Well, here's the rule, Tito. Yeah. Wait till you get your food. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Holy goodness. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's always the rule. To make sure you don't say anything until after they bring you the food. Did you have your waffle already? Yes, I did. Oh. I always I always wait and so whenever we go out to eat after a protest, uh, we will um we'll go out to eat sometimes and we the rule is one you don't eat within 15 minutes of the protest because someone may be driving around that recognized you. Uh, so you want to be 15 minutes away. Uh, and two, you don't tell anybody where you were coming from or what you were doing until after you've been served. So you had a waffle for dinner Friday night? Or no, was that was it the Saturday? next morning. That was the next morning. Where'd I'm just saying rule, rule afterwards. Where'd you guys go afterwards on Friday? I went to bed, to be honest. Uh, I was really tired because uh, it's two hours earlier for me. So it ended at like 8 o'clock or like so it ended technically at 7, but uh-huh. we stayed later. And then, uh, so for me, it was like 10 p.m. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I think I, I, I grabbed a, uh, the, the TFP guys, they went uh, and got pizza afterwards. And I kind of wanted pizza too. So I grabbed a personal pizza, then went home and went to uh, bed. <laughs> oh, man. So, How was the weather? Oh, beautiful. Oh, yeah, great goodness. weather. Very good weather this time. Uh, so that's kind of the thing about the L.A. Dodgers. So I'll talk, we'll talk more during the after show. It was a good experience. And I'll talk about the Scientologist during the after show. But there is a couple other things that I wanted to bring up because this is very interesting and very concerning. The, the headline here from Madison.com, this is shared to me by my friend Jesus Robles. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. And the, the headline here is, can a chatbot preach a good sermon? Hundreds of 10 church service generated by ChatGPT to find out. The artificial intelligence chatbot 
asked the believers in the fully packed St. Paul's Church in the Bavarian town of Furith to rise from the pews and praise the Lord. The ChatGPT chatbot, personified by an avatar of a bearded black man on a huge screen above the altar, then began preaching to more than 300 people who had shown up on Friday morning for an experimental Lutheran church service almost entirely generated by AI. Quote, Dear friends, it is an honor for me to stand here and preach to you as the first artificial intelligence at this year's convention of Protestants in Germany. End quote. The avatar said with an expressionless face and monotonous voice. The 40-minute service, including the sermon, prayers, and music, was created by ChatGPT and Jomas Simmerlin, a theologian and philosopher from the University of Vienna. Quote, I conceived this service, but actually I rather accompanied it because I would say about 98% comes from the machine, the 29-year-old scholar told the Associated Press. The AI church service is one of hundreds of events at the Convention of Protestants in the Bavarian town of Nuremberg in the neighboring Furith. So this is very concerning to me because this is where we're headed. Do y'all remember that situation? It was uh, how many years ago where they were talking about creating a church that was all centered around AI and technology. That's very concerning to me because this is the direction we're going and people are going to start following it. People are going to start saying, oh, I'm going to follow this religion that's created by artificial intelligence because this is what real religion is now. And this is very concerning because what happens then? What happens is now you have someone that can shape. It's, you're basically create, letting, allowing an artificial intelligence to create cults because they're not going to be able to have real theology. They're not going to be able to have real spirituality. They're not going to be able to pray for you. They can't give you real advice. All they can do is regurgitate things that they have conceived of. And here's the thing. It's programmed by somebody. These AIs are programmed by somebody. And so this is what I noticed because I was playing around with ChatGPT and I was trying to see, can ChatGPT give me a commentary in the gospel? And so I was attempting to mess around with it and playing with it. And no, the answer is no, it cannot. It cannot give a real and good biblical commentary. I try it a dozen different ways, and it always comes out weird or odd and not quite understanding Holy Scripture because it can't. It is a lifeless, soulless thing. It can provide you a good search engine and a good informative thing, but it cannot replace the church. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the 10 most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. 
Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be with you today. It's so good to be here on Catholic Radio. It's always good to be on Catholic Radio. You know, there were some other stories I wanted to cover. The whole situation with the AI church thing, I'm going to make sure to keep an eye on that situation because this is just another step in the transhumanist movement. So I think I'm going to invite uh, my old professor, Dr. Smith, on. He wrote a book and... um, he actually only had one chapter on transhumanism, but I'm going to ask him if he's following the story. I think this is very interesting. There's a lot of things that are much worthy of of comment in regards to the transhumanists and the AI situations. But this other story out of the Daily Wire is very concerning. AMC Theaters cancels detransitioner film following trans groups deplatforming campaign. Now, this is interesting because AMC Theater broadcasted a movie. I don't remember if you I don't know if you remember this. We talked about it here on Catholic Drive Time when it happened. There was a movie called I think it was um, Benedetta. I think it was called, and it was a blasphemous film, mocking religious life, and overall being very lewd and perverted in regards to religious life. And this movie was being protested by Catholics all over America. There were rosary rallies held outside of AMC theaters all across America. I attended several, and many people attended many of them as well. There are protests. There are signature signs sent over. And what did they do? Nothing. They did nothing. And yet, the AMC cancels the detransitioner film. What does that tell you about the values of AMC theater? What does that tell you? about the money involved with the LGBT world. And who do you serve, God or mammon? Clearly, AMC, Thir- AMC Theater serves mammon. Now, what is this movie? AMC Theory, the, the article from Daily Wire says, AMC Theaters abruptly canceled a film showcasing the voices of young people who have detransitioned after having hormone therapy and surgeries to purportedly affirm, quote-unquote, their gender identity. I hate that language because affirm their gender identity by, to them means, and this is the way the left uses language to change your mind. They say, oh, this is gender-affirming care by saying, I know you were born a man, but I'm going to affirm your gender by cutting off your limbs to make you have a somewhat of an appearance of a woman. And that's affirming your gender. This is a completely perverted idea because it's not. It's the opposite of affirming. It is the exact opposite of affirming. In fact, it is destroying who you are. They, this whole idea of being proud of who you are, this whole idea of being who you really are, all these ideas are lost, are completely lost when it comes to to the idea of affirming care because to truly affirm someone to truly affirm a child 
and their gender identity, quote unquote, would be to say to a young boy who's confused, no, you are a boy. You are not a girl. That's what affirming is. Instead, they call it, quote unquote, conversion therapy. See how they use language? See how they destroy and pervert language? They call conversion therapy if you're trying to affirm their gender. If you're trying to tell a young boy that he is, in fact, a boy, then they call that conversion therapy. But if you tell a child, a young boy, oh, yeah, you're a little girl, and I'm going to put you in a dress and cut off your limbs and give you drugs, that's considered affirming. See how perverted they are? This is literally what Holy Scripture refers to when it says, Woe to them that call evil good and good evil. A complete loss of any sort of intelligence, of any sort of rational thinking, of any sort of reason. In this movie, the name of the movie is No Way Back, The Reality of Gender Affirming Care. Now, I haven't seen this movie. I'm not endorsing it necessarily because I've not seen it myself. And I probably will end up watching it because I want to know what it is. And I think these stories have to be heard. And I think parents need to see this. Anyone who wants to have children in the future needs to see this because they need to understand what you're up against and how to react if and when your kids come to you and say, hey, I'm confused about my sex. I'm confused about my gender. And then you have to be wary about what you do then. Do you take them to a therapist? Well, I would say no. I would never take my kids to a therapist unless it was somebody that I knew and trusted because these people do not care for your kids. They do not care whatsoever. And this has led right into the story reported by Tim Cast News. Tim Cast News reports teen girl suing California hospital for removing her breasts when she was 13 years old. Ugh. Says she was influenced online to believe that she was trans. The plaintiff, Layla Jane, 18 years of old, says that she was prescribed puberty blockers and hormones by Kaiser Foundation Hospital before being subjected to a double mastectomy on her healthy tissue. Jane is being represented by Harmitine, Harmit Dillon and Charles Lemandry from Lemandry and Joan LLP. According to the lawsuit, Jane began being influenced by people on the line. Get your kids offline. Stop. Do not let them have cell phones. Do not let them have access to the Internet. Do not let them use online gaming. She was led to believe that she was transgender when she was just 11 years old. This case is about a team of doctors, the defendants, who, descended, who decided to perform a damaging imitation sex change experiment on Kayla, then a 12-year-old vulnerable girl struggling with complex mental health and comorbidities who needed care, attention, and psychotherapy, not cross-sex hormones and mutilating surgery, end quote, the lawsuit began. Now, I would be curious, obviously I don't know the details of this child's life, but I'd be curious if she needed psychotherapy, if she needed complex mental health comorbidities who needed care, attention, and psychotherapy. I wonder if she needed that, or perhaps she just needed to be taken off the internet. How, or maybe she just needed her parents to say, no, you're a little girl. It's okay. You look beautiful. You look beautiful in your dress. You look beautiful with your long hair. 
you're a beautiful young lady. Maybe that's all she needed to hear. It was probably an innocuous statement, similar to tom, tom, <clears throat> tomboys when we were uh, growing uh, back when we were growing up. I guess me a much earlier time, and uh, when girls, some girls were attracted to playing with with uh, with toy uh, toys that were catered to boys, and we called them tomboy. Maybe she said, "Oh, look, I want to play with this Tonka truck," and the parents saw that and were and said, "Oh my goodness, she's transgender," and just threw her into all those puberty blockers and, and, and other medicines and, and then got that surgery. That's what probably happened. I mean, it could, it could have happened many other, other ways. She could have just said an innocuous statement at the time and then was convinced that she was a boy. It is so sad that we've gotten down into, into this time that, uh, that we live in right now. It is diabolical what's going on. I, I, I thought it was bad when they legalized gay marriage, but my goodness, this is worse. And, and what's even more worse is we're going to see them uh, lowering the age of consent and, 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 de-leg- and delegitimize pedophilia and legitimize uh, o- older to younger people uh, relationships. So, Well, for sure. That's yeah. definitely the end goal is to legalize pedophilia. That's 100%. In fact, we're going to be having a conversation about this exact issue in a couple of weeks. Uh, tomorrow, I'll be recording an interview about uh, the, the pedophilia ring that's happening all across the world. Um, the very concerning, we saw this with the, the whole Instagram story as well, something that we have failed to cover, actually, something we should probably uh, go circle back around and talk about. Uh, but the story continues. It says, the complaint continues, in early adolescence, around age 11, Kayla was exposed to online transgender influencers who prompted Kayla to entertain the erroneous erroneous belief that she was transgender. As a result, Kayla informed her parents that she was a boy. Prior to being exposed to online influencers, Kayla never had expressed to anyone that she was transgender. Her parents didn't know what to do and, get this, promptly sought guidance from various doctors and eventually the defendants. Three Kaiser doctors, including defendant Dr. Escalante, advised Kayla and her parents that Kayla was too young for cross-sex hormones. The complaint continues. But Kayla and her parents eventually were referred to defendants Dr. Watson, Dr. Taylor, and Dr. Tong, who immediately and negligently affirmed Kayla's self-diagnosed transgenderism without adequate psychological evaluation. They instead promptly placed her on puberty blockers and testosterone at the age of 12 and performed a double mastectomy within six months at the age of 13. This all occurred after Dr. Watson determined in a single 75-minute transition evaluation that Kayla was transgender. Jane detransitioned when she was 17 years old. This infuriates me to no end. This is a grave injustice that's happening to children all across America, all across America, kids are being abused by their parents, by their doctors. In many cases, these parents are just confused. They're told, would you rather have your son be a daughter or would you rather have your son be killed by himself, be suicided? Would you rather have your son be dead? And they emotionally blackmail these parents to destroy their children's lives for what for money for the destruction of our country for the destruction of our future 
This is a grave, grave problem. And I hope that more and more people who have suffered from these wicked people will come out of the woodwork and sue these doctors, sue these organizations out of existence. The only thing these people understand is money. Nothing else. They cannot be reasoned with because they have no conscience. All they care about is dollar signs. So let's pray for all the people who are suffering from this grave abuse. Let's pray for their, for their help, that they receive the help they need, and that they know that they are loved by God, no matter how damaged they are, that they are able to reconcile that to themselves and dedicate themselves to something greater than themselves, even if they'll never be able to have a family after their grave abuse that they find comfort in Almighty God. Because this is a very concerning situation. So we pray for them. We pray for the conversion of these wicked doctors, that they seek forgiveness, that they repent of their sins, and they go on a crusade against the industry that they are a part of. And of course, we pray that all the parents around the world around the U.S., wake up to the situation and defend their kids. Because this is such an evil, evil situation. It's something that we cannot close our eyes to. People talk all the time about being against slavery and against the evils that were happening in the past. Will you be the people who bury their heads in the sand? Or will you stand up and rise up against those who want to abuse the innocent? We'll be back with more on Catholic Drive Time after this. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while... We'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question if you're a non-Catholic friend. Was the Catholic Church in existence as far back as the first three centuries? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, baseball. In September 1845, the New York Knickerbocker Baseball Club was formally established and called baseball. Rules were set, included a diamond-shaped infield, foul lines, and the three-strike rule. But seven years before that, in 1775, that game was already being played on schoolyards, well before it was ever called baseball. Baseball. Secondly, the Apostolic Fathers, such as Tertullian, Clement, St. Ignatius, all wrote before 215 A.D. about the authority of the local bishop, and they used the name the Catholic Church, which already had the liturgy, the Eucharist, the readings, the relics, a hierarchy, and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. To fishermen, a dolphin was just a big fish until they were termed dolphins, but they were always dolphins. And baseball was baseball well before it was termed baseball. And you will love this. The early church was the Catholic Church well before Constantine the Great, the Nicene Creed, and your church history book. I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologist. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. 
the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Ann Quatraney, the principal from St. Francis de Sales Catholic School. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. You know, there are so many bad news all the time. And... It's good every now and then to slow down a little bit and report on some good news. Talk about some feel-good stories. And we're in the month of June, which is dedicated to the Sacred Heart, if you were unaware. Hopefully you know that. The Sacred Heart of Jesus. A very beautiful devotion. A devotion that goes back all the way to 33 AD. When St. John the Evangelist, the beloved disciple rested his head on the breast of Christ, hearing that most sacred heart beat within the chest of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's when the devotion to the sacred heart truly started. Now, there's a feel-good story I want to read to you because normally we don't do this, but I thought this was interesting because there was an article put out in the National Catholic Register on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And obviously, we love the Guadalupe Radio Network here. And so I want to read to you just a bit about this article. And it's really about Lynn Oswald, our CEO, or former CEO. He's retired recently. And I want to tell you about this story. So this goes here. The Sacred Heart of Jesus, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and the Spark of Catholic Radio. Spurred on by stories from prisoners who found hope amid darkness listening to Catholic Radio, Lynn Oswald shares providential moments leading EWTN's radio's largest affiliate for 27 years as the Guadalupe Radio Network continues to grow and inspire listeners. Go into the deep waters in order to save more souls. Those were Bishop Robert Baker's words during the 2005 EWTN radio conference in Birmingham, Alabama. To many in attendance, they were inspiring words, but to Lynn Oswald, who had just jumped into the deep Buying his first Catholic radio affiliate, he heard as a personal message and a strong calling to expand his EWTN radio station in even bigger markets like Dallas. Catholic radio has, to has touched the lives of millions across the globe, much in part due to Mother Angelica's mission with EWTN radio and the tireless work of people like Oswald. Airwaves transversing the earth into far-reaching corners, including remote areas that lack access to the sacraments or prison cells where so many suffer from loneliness. Catholic radio is in the business of saving souls. It's hard to fathom that in 1999, only six Catholic stations existed across the country. In 2005, there were still no stations in any of the top 10 radio markets. Now... In 2023, competing networks vie for listeners on terrestrial radio as well as online and podcasting platforms. And Oswald has been hard at work with the last 27 years, guiding a budding network in the southeast of the country, including major markets like Dallas and Washington, D.C. Uh, also, Houston and San Antonio, just saying. We're bigger. Uh-huh. 
No, I guess Dallas is actually our eh, well. No, Oswald worked indefatigably, wor- wearing two hats as a successful oil executive in Texas, while lassoing station after station for Mother Angelica's mission. Toya Hall, chief operating officer of GRN, shared her thoughts on Oswald's retirement. She told the Register, "A particular quote from Mother Angelica comes to mind that is so fitting of Lynn at this time: is faith is what gets you started." Hope is what keeps you going. Love is what brings you to the end. I was blessed to witness a man after God's own heart. Give his all so that others could come to the saving knowledge and love of Jesus Christ and our treasured Catholic faith. I will always be thankful for Lynn's consent when I asked him to join the mission in 1996. That was before I was born. For he was a pivotal (laughs) player in the unfolding of God's plan. I truly hope and pray that this next chapter is one of much joy for Lynn and his family after many hard years of toiling in the vineyard of the Lord. Spurred on by a portrait of the Sacred Heart painted by a prisoner serving time and stories of Catholics returning to confession after tuning in, Oswald shared his divinely inspired journey into building EWTN Radio's largest affiliate and why God's timing is always perfect. Now, there are many other stories that the article goes on. I recommend you check it out because it's a really great article at very, it's interview style. So Lynn is telling some stories here that I think would be very inspiring to you. But I want to talk a little bit about the mission of evangelization. And I know we're not really doing a share anymore. And uh, we, we, last week we were asked, we were asking for donations for the support of Catholic radio and one of the things that we do in Catholic Radio with, with the donor dollars is try to purchase more radio stations so we can get Catholic Radio in more markets. It's good to have Catholic Radio in every single market on the planet, and not just the major markets. Those are good and important, too, but even uh, smaller markets as well. Even people in the middle of, of nowhere, Texas, deserve to have Catholic Radio. People that are in prisons deserve to have Catholic Radio. And one of the things that... I think is important is that you support your Catholic radio station because we are all called to evangelize. Each one of us, we are called to evangelize. And how do we do that? Sometimes it's difficult because we think we don't know what to say or how to say it. We think we're not educated enough to get into the discussion. So we just don't get into the discussion at all. And I, that's understandable. I understand the fear. So what's the solution? Is the solution to then bury your head in the sand and not defend the faith? No. No, the solution is to learn your faith. To come to know the truth of the gospel. And study the truth of the faith. So that when you're encountering these people and they start saying things that are against the faith, when they blaspheme our Lord, when they make jokes about the faith, when they make snide comments about the faith, you will be able to give a reason for the hope that is within you. You will always be ready to give a defense of the faith. This is something that's very important. And one way that you can educate yourself, obviously taking courses, reading books, but also just listening to Catholic radio. Catholic radio 
provide you with a lot of those sources. So I'm just going to plug this is the fact that you can still donate to the Guadalupe Radio Network right now. Our share is going on. It has been finished. We finished it on Friday. But we left our website open. So we our website is still taking donations through, I think, the end of today. Uh, the sooner the better because I'm not 100% sure when it's going to go down today. But if you go to grnonline.com, you can still donate to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I wasn't asked to do this. I wasn't told, hey, Adrian, can you talk about donating to the Guadalupe Radio Network this morning? It, I, that wasn't what uh, was, uh, no one told me to do that. It's simply that I, I was just, I was reading this article and it was just so inspiring. Like I, I've, I've met uh, Lynn Oswald many times and not as much as I would have liked to. And I know Toya Hall very well. She's uh, come out here to the Houston office many times and I've had the privilege of spending some time with her. And the thing is, and I was talking about this the other day to a friend of mine, is that these these people, like you don't feel when you talk to them that this is some kind of um, money laundering scheme or they're trying to sell you a used car, that they're, they're hustling you for money. They, they, they really do believe in what they're telling you. And, and that means something. That's, that's important. That's not just a, a nine to five. Like, this is a real apostolate, something that they truly believe in, that they've given their lives to, that they sacrificed so much of their time, their money, their health for the sake of the mission. And we're all called to do that. Our Lord did not give the missionary mandate to just a couple individuals. He gave it to all of us, each one of us. Now, maybe some of us are only called to do it in our families and our friends and our social situations at work. But if you wanted to evangelize the world, evangelize America, well, one way to do so is to support those who are doing that, who are doing that work by being a benefactor. And we do that. You think about the, the great benefactors of the religious orders in the past those who helped found those religious orders, who provided them with housing and things like that, you participated in their mission. And so too, by helping fund the Guadalupe Radio Network, you participate in that same mission of evangelization. So anyway, that's, that's something that just was weighing on my heart this morning, and especially thinking about the Sacred Heart and how Lynn talks about how he was uh, actually going to uh, jump off of the Guadalupe Radio Network after... Some time he had dedicated there. And then he received an image of the Sacred Heart from a prisoner who had, and let me just read to you the story actually, instead of trying to tell it to you <laughs> from memory. He says here, I was going to throw in the towel and resign as president. However, God's timing is always perfect. Right before I was going to submit my resignation, a big envelope addressed to me came in the mail. The envelope had two items in it. A heartfelt letter from a man who was incarcerated in a prison located in one of our West Texas radio markets. In his letter, he shared about how Catholic radio has changed his life for the better in prison. And that his life would also change for the better when he was eventually released from prison. He thanked me for all the hard work we were doing to keep the radio stations on the air. 
His thank you letter made me think about my own resignation letter. The second item in the envelope was a hand-drawn picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus using colored pencils. It was approximately 11 by 17 inches and was incredibly beautiful. It was inscribed with the words, Thank you, Guadalupe Radio Network. Nice. This picture really touched my own heart and was what caused me to change my mind and not resign after all. Again, God's timing was perfect. That was in 2005. That was back in 2005. That's amazing. The, the fact that the sacred heart of Jesus, from a drawn by a hand of a prisoner, was able to have that kind of impact on someone. And to think about, we talk about the prison reform system, which is horrible. We do a horrible job in our an American system of reforming criminals. And what's the solution? I was talking about this with a friend of mine a little while ago about how we can help people who are poor, who are homeless, who are imprisoned, and all these really bad situations. And people always say things like, oh, we need to provide them with money. We need to provide them with shelter. We need to provide them with X. We need to provide them with Y. We need to provide them with Z. More social programs. More this. More that. Ultimately, the thing that people really need the thing that is really necessary that will actually change their lives for the better, that will set them on the right path, is the faith. Is the holy Catholic faith whole and undefiled, unrestricted? The faith is the thing that will put people on the straight and narrow. It will change their lives. Now, yes, we need to feed the hungry, give drink to the thirsty, clothe the naked, shelter the imprisoned, or shelter the homeless, visit the imprisoned. Yes, the corporal works of mercy, very important. But to what end? To what end is the corporal works of mercy? The answer is the salvation of their souls. We provide for their bodily needs so that they will be greater disposed and able to contemplate the truths of God. Because if you're hungry, if your belly is rumbling all the time, it becomes very difficult to think of the things of the Lord. So that is ultimately the final mission of all of us, is to save souls. And that's what we have to do. So that's going to do it for the segment here. I thought it was very interesting, and I hope that you have benefited uh, from that. Check out that article from National Catholic Register, The Sacred Heart of Jesus, Our Lady Guadalupe, and the right, Spark of Catholic Radio, National Catholic Register. That's the name of the article. Check that out. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. Call now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, 877-757-9424. One last time, 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. Call now. We always take the first caller, so be our contestant on our fear and trembling game show. We'll be right back with more after this.
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early church fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. Adventure. Joy lights the night air, for kindly St. Nicholas was making his way there. But wait, there's a pause in his plan. Santa's priority should be that of every man. Wise men seek the Savior first, knowing only Jesus can quench our heart's greatest thirst. So come home to Mass, each week and every season, for love is born tonight. Our hope for heaven, the reason. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Ninety-four twenty-four. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling. We always take the first caller, so whoever is that first caller will be our contestant on this week's Fear and Trembling game show. You may be asking, what is Fear and Trembling game show? What is this game you're talking about? Well, let me tell you. This is our Catholic trivia game show where we ask you some Catholic trivia questions and, you know, it's very good because we want to be able to teach the faith a little bit, but also we want to give out prizes. It's a lot of fun. And you have nothing to worry about because the it's not a difficult game because I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Tito the questions and Tito will give me an answer. It's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. That means for each question, there is a 50-50 chance of you getting it right. And every right answer goes into our coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win? Thank you, Adrian. They can win the Fear and Trembling prize for today is a Sacred Heart t-shirt from For His Glory Company. For His Glory Company provides high-quality, one-of-a-kind Christian t-shirts and products not found in stores. Visit hisglory.storenvy.com. Thank you. Thank you very much to For His Glory Company for yeah. sponsoring our game show this week. We very much appreciate it. And we love the Sacred Heart. So that's a wonderful gift to give away awesome. during the month of June. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, joining us right now is Bill. Good morning to you, Bill. Good morning. Where are you calling from, Bill? Big Plano. From Plano, Texas. Praise be to God. Uh, what's there to do in Plano? If I if I drive through Plano, where should I stop at? 
St. Elizabeth Seton building a new church. Building a new church oh. is going to be beautiful. How big is it going to be? Seat ten thousand people. <laughs> Almost nine hundred. Almost nine hundred. We uh, love to hear it. We love to hear it. Better. That's awesome. The uh, I've never been to Plano. I, I need to make my way to Plano at some point. St. Elizabeth and Seton. Writing that down. By the time I get there, it should be built, right? Uh, we're uh, we're gonna have it uh, dedicated November twenty seventh. Put it down. There you go. There you go. All right. Putting it down as a as a, a trip to take to Plano, Texas. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. We'd love to hear it. Well. The uh, where the where are you off to this morning? I'm heading to work. To work <laughs> is that over? Uh, you're heading into Dallas for work. Well, I go to play. I have two stores. Uh, I go to Plano first, and then head on into Dallas. I fit children with eyeglasses. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome! Praise be to God. It must be a cool experience to have uh, to see kids. Uh, be able to see or they're like everything's blurry to get glasses and like whoa i can see now that must be a pretty cool experience <laughs> it is incredible my dad started it in 1949 wow whoa. that's pretty awesome what's the name dallas youth optical dallas youth optical that's pretty awesome well thanks for calling in and thanks for uh, helping people see that's pretty great a uh, little uh thing to do a very blessed thing to do to make help people see, so pretty awesome. Well, are you familiar with the game show? Do you know how the game is played? Yes. Perfect, perfect. Then you know you gotta be careful. Tito can be a little tricky, <laughs> so tune in and uh, get your ears tuned in. Right? Uh, are you ready to play? Ready to play? I'm watching Tito. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> then let's do it. Let's do it. Question number one, Tito. All right. The question on the board. Where is the oldest city in the United States founded by the Catholic Pedro Mendez de Avila of Spain? Huh. I, you know, I know what the oldest city is. I didn't know who the founder is. And I know the oldest city because that's where the first mass in the Americas was done. That would be St. Augustine, Florida. Beautiful place. Okay, you've been. Oh, yes. Yes, they have a nice colonial area area that's been transformed to a marketplace. And the church is beautiful. And the chapel that represents the first uh, chapel in the U.S. that was where they celebrated Mass. It is gorgeous. Anyone driving through Jacksonville or towards Miami from anywhere from the U.S. Church, it's an easy stop along the way. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Bill. Uh, I don't know. Tito sounded like he didn't know what he was talking about there. Uh, <laughs> he sounded like he was making that whole story up to me. So 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, where is the oldest city in the United States founded by the Catholic Pedro Mendez de Avila of Spain? What say you, Bill, from Plano, Texas? Tito is tricky, but he is correct. He is correct, he says. Way to go, Bill. Crazy to God. That wow. is, in fact, correct. You're wavering. Yep. No problem. St. Augustine, Texas. St. Augustine, Texas. Yeah, they pronounce it St. Augustine. I don't know how to pronounce it. But I always it. pronounce it St. Augustine. But I think they pronounce it St. Augustine. And I went there once, and one of the coolest things I saw what was, was they it? have this giant statue of my fav- one of my like top five favorite saints, Pope St. Pius V. Oh, that's right. And I've never seen a statue of Pius V before. And that was the first one I've ever seen. And I was like, this is so cool. 
So very. If you ever get a chance, I love St. Augustine, Florida. I want to go back. So Same one day here. I'll head head back that way. All right, Bill, are you ready for question number two? Ready. Let's do it. Let's do it now. This question. Whoo, oh. Boy. It might be a little difficult. It might. This might be the hardest question we've ever had on the history of Catholic Drive Time. So here it goes. Who is the co-redemptrix? Oh, controversy is a coming. Uh, without a doubt, I love Mama Mary, the Virgin Mary, Mary, whatever title you want to choose. Mary, she is our co-redemptrix. That's Ooh. that's what I'm going on. That's what I believe. It will be a dogma of the church soon. Ooh, all right. All right. There you go, Bill. The question on the board is, who is the co-redemptrix? 15 seconds on the clock. Tito says it's the Blessed Virgin Mary. What say you, Bill? Is he right? Is he wrong? What say you, Bill, from Mama. Plano, Texas? Mama Mary is my mother. Yes. He's going to say yes. Way to go, Bill. Easy peasy. Nailing it. No problem whatsoever. We love to hear it. So, yes, in fact, Our Lady is the co-redemptrix. The suffix tricks refers to a woman. So that's uh, why it's the co-redemptrix. And co, because she uh, redeemed with her son by her fiat and by her, well, by her fiat, by her yes, by her yes to Almighty God's plan and giving birth to the Savior, she became the co-redemptrix and mediatrix of all graces. It's amazing what happens when you do his will. Amen. Amen. <laughs> all right, Bill, you are clearly a man of great intelligence, so we're going to give you a, a toughie for question number three. Are you ready for question number three? I think so. All right. All right. Good luck. Here we go. The question number three is... What is the Latin name for the wooden clapper that's used instead of a bell to give signals on Holy Thursday and Good Friday? Huh. The tritum. The, uh, yeah, I I remember that. That's, I love that part. There's so many weird things about our faith that is so beautiful. It's a Latin term, so it's the clapperus. The clapperus yeah. is what you're saying. Yep. Okay. The cla- Bill, why are you, why are you laughing? Why are you, What's are you, going on? You got something in your, in your throat. Uh, okay. Oh, I don't know what he's laughing about. <laughs> I don't know. The question he- number three is, what is a Latin name for the wooden clapper used instead of a bell to give signals on Holy Thursday and Good Friday? Well, 15 seconds on the clock, Bill. I know this is a really hard question. And this is going to be very difficult for you. Uh, Tito gave the very convincing answer, not humorous at all. I don't know why no. people are laughing. I don't, I don't get it. I see he nothing said funny it about is it. The clapperus. That's clearly clearly a technical term in Latin. Everybody knows it. It's very fluent. So, what say you, Bill, our Latin scholar from Plano, Texas? What say you? Well, I didn't anything. You're gonna say false. That is correct. Way to go, Bill. That is, in fact, correct. It is not a clapperous. Uh, Do you happen to know what it's actually called? No, no, I do not. It's okay. I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) It is a a tabula, a tabula. 
There you go. There you go. How did you think it was not a clapperous if you didn't know what it was? Because <laughs> that just sounds so fake. <laughs> it's like whenever I try to try to when I'm making up Spanish words, it's like El Clapero. That's what I would have said if I was trying to guess Spanish. So close. And it would have been uh, way off. But way to go, Bill. You did great. Uh, you got three for three. So your name is in the coffee cup of Divine Providence three times to win this week's prize. How do you feel? I'm feeling very good. I just don't remember reading anything about Clapperus in the Baltimore Catechism. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, there, I do all too do not remember reading the Clapperus in the Baltimore Catechism. So that is a very good way to uh, to gauge these kind of things. Deduction, uh, excellent, Bill. <laughs> there you go. Well, God bless you, Bill. Stay on the line. We're going to get your contact information so we can send you the prize. Should we draw your name out on Friday? Uh, but have a blessed day. And uh, what was the name of your uh, your eye company again? Your glasses company? Dallas Youth Optical. Dallas Youth Optical. Well, thank you for what you do. And God bless you. God love you. And I'm going to put you on hold. Thank you. God bless. And that's going to do it for the radio side. If you can join us in the after show. I'd be very grateful. You can hop on Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube. We're going to talk about a couple of interesting topics. One, I went to the Scientology Museum. I want to tell you about that experience. And two, I want to tell you a little bit more about my trip for the L.A. Dodgers situation. And three, I want to also give you a little bit more of a, some stories about the gospel from today that I wanted to, that I just ran out of time to talk about. Just so many things that are very interesting to talk about, but can't get to them all so the after show whatever you want to talk about i have some agenda items but if not we'll see you back tomorrow morning 6 a.m central 7 eastern across the guadalupe radio network god bless you god love you and we'll see you soon thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. From Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate Monday of the 11th week in Ordinary Time. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, alleluia. The sun with golden beam, the silver moon with softer gleam. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who through St. Romald renewed the manner of life of hermits in your church, grant that denying ourselves and following Christ, we may merit to reach the heavenly realms on high. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, as your fellow workers, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says... In an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. We cause no one to stumble in anything, in order that no fault may be found in our ministry. On the contrary, in everything we commend ourselves as ministers of God through much endurance in afflictions, hardships, constraints, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labors, vigils, fasts, by purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in unfeigned love, in truthful speech, in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness at the right and at the left, through glory and dishonor, insult and praise. We are treated as deceivers and yet are truthful, as unrecognized and yet acknowledged, as dying, and behold, we live as chastised and yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet enriching many, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord has made known his salvation. The Lord has made known his salvation. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done wondrous deeds. His right hand has won victory for him, his holy arm. The Lord has made known his salvation. In the sight of the nations, he has revealed his justice. He has remembered his kindness and his faithfulness toward the house of Israel. The Lord has made known his salvation. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation by our God. Sing joyfully to the Lord, all you lands. Break into song, sing praise. The Lord has made known his salvation. 
According to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Offer no resistance to one who is evil. When someone strikes you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him as well. If anyone wants to go to law with you over your tunic, Hand him your cloak as well. Should anyone press you into service for one mile, go with him for two miles. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We continue in the Gospel with the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says something very powerful. He says, an eye, he says, you have heard, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, offer no resistance to one who is evil. If there's one person in this world, besides all the saints, who have taken this one Gospel passage seriously, it was Gandhi. And uh, he was not even a Christian. But he, he quipped by saying, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. And so when he, when he was in London and he was reading the scriptures and he came upon this verse, he asked his Christian friends and colleagues and, and schoolmates, you know, what does this mean? How do you live this out? And for most of them, their response was, well, nobody really takes this very seriously, you know, because perhaps we don't want to, we don't want to become a doormat. Nobody really takes this seriously, but he took it seriously. And that whole idea of protesting by nonviolence or non-resistance, of course, made this a tremendous movement in India, and also something like Martin Luther King also took this up as a way of nonviolence, uh, and really strive to live this out. For us, we we know how difficult this this can be to offer to offer no resistance to one who is evil. That's not easy, especially as our world becomes, let's say, a little bit more secular, somewhat more pagan. Perhaps we, we experience that resistance more. People who come to us and they have something, they want us, they have something to say to us, which is not very nice. And what is, what is our, our response going to be? Are we going to fight evil with evil, darkness with darkness? Or St. Paul said in that first reading, to, to use the weapons of righteousness, to offer no resistance to one who is evil. And the, the first thing is that... Uh, what requires of us is a bit of dying to ourself. Usually when somebody comes up to me and says, you know, wants to, get, to have their say or say something negative, usually it's my, I get really prickly very quickly. <laughs> and I have to remind myself that 
here is somebody, here is a, an opportunity, really, to offer the gospel to somebody. If all of us lived this, truly lived this, what a, what a response it would be to people, how the, the opportunity for others to, to change their heart, because that's really the key, is we want to change the other person's heart. St. Paul, actually, I think he touches upon it perfectly. He basically says, now is the acceptable time, now is the day of salvation. He says, we cause no one to stumble in anything in order that no fault may be found with our ministry. On the contrary, everything we commend ourselves as ministers of God through much endurance and affliction, hardships and constraints, so on and so forth, the list goes on. But rather, he saw that these were opportunities to offer the gospel, to help others to see from a different perspective. Because if we simply offer an eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth or respond basically in kind through all uh, maybe four-letter words, the four-letter words that have been given to us, it goes nowhere. Violence only breeds more violence. But yet if we respond in trying to, trying to bring this, the person to see, to, to a conversion of heart, an opportunity, will it happen in the, 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 before our very eyes? Maybe it does. Maybe it's only upon the other person's reflection once their anger and stuff goes down that they really begin to see uh, that our response was, was really truly Christian, a Christ-like response to their anger and bitterness and so on and so forth. So there I think is the key is that if we're reminded for ourselves, if somebody comes to us and say they're, they're bitter, they're angry, and they want to express it to us, is that to re recognize that, like St. Paul, here's an opportunity to offer the gospel and I don't want to do anything that's going to cloud that. Even if I don't see the, the major you know, conversion right before my eyes. I don't want anything to kind of cloud or to, to, to find fault in the ministry that God has entrusted to each of us to bring Jesus to everyone in the world. Let us ask the Lord for the grace, the grace of this, of this gospel, to truly offer no resistance to one who is evil, to offer the other cheek, to offer our cloak as well, and to go the extra mile, where we get that phrase. Give to the one who asks of you. Do not turn your back on one who wants to borrow. May the Lord help us to live this gospel more perfectly in our life. Amen. Let us stand and bring our prayers and petitions before our Heavenly Father, who is always so gracious to hear us. We pray for the Church that she might never turn her back on those most in need and to continue to go to the extra mile. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick and the suffering, that they might experience the Lord's mercy this day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those who have died, especially those who have died and will die this day, may they experience the beatific vision. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. I also pray on this Juneteenth for an end to modern-day slavery in our world also for an end to human trafficking. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear the prayers we bring before you this day and answer them according to your holy will, through Christ our Lord. Amen.
Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Will you leave yourself behind if I but call your name? Will you care for cruel and kind and never be the same? Will you risk the hostile stare should your life attract or scare? Will you let me answer prayer in you and you in me? Receive, O Lord, we pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Receive, O Lord, we pray, the offerings made for the salvation of your people, so that through the intercession of blessed Ramald, we may flee the enticements of sin and draw near to the company of heaven. Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit, lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in the saints who consecrated themselves to Christ for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, it is right to celebrate the wonders of your providence, by which you call human nature back to its original holiness and bring it to experience on this earth the gifts you promise in the new world to come. And so with all the angels and saints we praise you as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis und Celia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. 
You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these, these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Ramald, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Thus and graciously did the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you, in your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom we bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, 
O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to the sign of peace. On you stay. Qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tollis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the Most Holy Sacrament. 
I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be, and humbly I'll receive Thee, the bridegroom of my soul no more by sin to grieve thee or fly thy sweet control eternal holy spirit unworthy though i be Prepare me to receive him and trust the word to me. O sacrament most holy, O sacrament divine, all praise and all thanksgiving be every moment thine. Let us pray. Grant our request, we pray, O Lord our God, that defended by the protection of blessed Rebald, we may live by the sacrament of your wisdom in serenity and moderation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be to, to God. <clears throat> Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. 
from every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is the Holy Family Homeschool Group, and you're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. 